This is Living Lean, the show that teaches you how to apply the science of nutrition and training to sustainably create your leanest, strongest body and build the most confident version of yourself. I'm your host, Jeremiah Bear. Let's get into the show. What is going on? Welcome back to the show. Today, I am taking you through Diet Breaks 101, the what, why, and how of diet breaks. So when you start online coaching with us with fat loss goals, we know that achieving said goals will will require some dieting or eating fewer calories than you burn, of course. So a diet break is a three to 14 day period of eating more calories. And the goal here isn't to gain or lose fat. It's simply to eat your maintenance calorie intake. Now, usually this increase is coming primarily from eating more carbohydrates. Now, with online clients, diet breaks are interjected typically every six to 12 weeks that you're dieting. Now, I get it. All of this sounds counterintuitive, right? Like, why would you purposely stop fat loss if the goal is fat loss? But I'd argue that diet breaks are the missing piece keeping you from achieving the lean body that you want if you struggle getting as lean as you wanted to in the past or are currently struggling with it. So let's dive into why diet breaks are, I believe, an essential part of dieting for most people. So the primary reason you'll hear people promote diet breaks is to basically prevent what we call adaptive thermogenesis. So your body has four different ways it burns calories. We have one, your basal metabolic rate or BMR. Your BMR is the number of calories your body burns just to stay alive. And generally, the heavier you are, the higher your BMR. Next, we have the thermic effect of food or TEF. This is just calories burned during digestion. And it takes basically it just takes energy to turn the food you consume into energy, which is TEF. We have non-exercise activity thermogenesis, or NEAT. This is just all the calories you burn in your everyday movement outside of the gym. And we have the thermic effect of exercise, or TEE. This is just calories burned, lifting weights, doing cardio, etc. And these four mechanisms make up your calories, or your metabolism, not your calories. So once again, basically, the these are the four mechanisms that you burn calories through. Now, as you eat fewer calories and get leaner, your metabolism adapts to prevent you from basically withering away into nothing. So your body is smaller, so basal metabolic rate decreases. You're eating less food, so thermic effect of food decreases, given your macro composition stays the same. The thermic effect of exercise decreases because it takes fewer calories to move your smaller body. And NEAT generally decreases because you feel lethargic due to lack of calories. Plus, levels of a hormone called leptin also decrease. This leads to an increase in hunger and less energy expenditure. Now, as you eat more and gain more fat, the opposite happens. Metabolism increases, hunger decreases. And this upregulation and downregulation of your metabolism when dieting is called, when dieting or eating more, I should say, is called adaptive thermogenesis. Now, the thinking behind diet breaks is if eating more upregulates your metabolism and hormones, then taking a diet break every 6 to 12 weeks means you'll arrive at the end of the diet with a faster metabolism and better hormones, which sounds pretty great, right? But the question is, does it really work like that? So let's dive into what the research says about diet breaks. 
Now, the reality is there hasn't been a ton of research on diet breaks in the sense we're talking about here, but the limited research we have does seem to have pretty promising results. So we have a study from 2003 that set out to prove that longer diet breaks would be detrimental to weight loss. However, they found that there wasn't a statistically significant difference in weight loss between groups that continuously dieted and those that took diet breaks for the same period of time. So the diet break group spent less total time dieting, but the but lost the same amount of weight as those who dieted nonstop. And this study was titled prescribed quote unquote breaks as a means to disrupt weight control efforts by Wing and Jeffrey. Um, We have the infamous Matador study. Now this study had two groups on a diet. Group one followed the diet for 16 weeks straight in a 33% calorie deficit. Group two dieted in a 33% calorie deficit, followed by two weeks at maintenance calories. And they alternated between the two until they had completed 16 total weeks of dieting. So the thing to realize here is that it took them twice as long. Now, at the end of the study, the diet break group lost more fat and seemed to have less adaptation in their metabolisms. Now, that said, again, the thing to realize here that people often don't mention when bringing up the matador studies it literally took them twice as long to get here to get to the fat loss result they had to diet for twice as long so when we're looking at like things like diet breaks we also need to consider like okay what's the benefit of maybe i get there like getting there i have a quicker metabolism but also I'm delaying the amount of time that i can long term eat more and boost my metabolism back up again Next, we have the diet breaks or diet refeed study um, published by Bill Campbell's lab very recently or by Bill Campbell very recently that took two groups through a seven week diet. Group one ate in a 25% calorie deficit for seven weeks straight. Group two ate in a 35% calorie deficit for five days per week, but every weekend increased calories and maintenance levels via carbohydrates. So basically this means that the weekly deficit for both groups was equated. And they followed this pattern for seven weeks. Now, both groups lost about five and a half pounds of fat, but group two was seemingly able to maintain more lean mass during the seven-week diet. And they lost less than a pound of muscle, while group two lost nearly three pounds. So maintaining more lean muscle means that your basal metabolic rate, the thermic effect of food, and calories burned via NEAT are going to be higher. Now, that said, also, there did seem to be um, a couple of counter arguments that I've heard as far as like Bill Campbell's study has been that they took the final, I believe it was DEXA scans that they used to measure um, lean mass. And they took the final like DEXA scan very, I believe it was within like two days of the final refeed. So the thing here is the group that took the refeed, their muscle collection and stores would have been refilled and thus like if you understand how these methods of body fat measurement work it would appear that that group had more muscle but that was very likely artificially inflated because again their muscle glycogen stores would have been more full um their muscles would have been essentially holding more carbs and more water so while some of the research on diet breaks does seem to be promising there are still a lot of things we're not sure about. And as far from as far as like the metabolic benefits of diet breaks go, or even the hormonal benefits of diet breaks go, there doesn't seem to be a lot of proof that 
dieting for a certain period of time, like going from point A to point B, dieting straight through versus taking a diet break and then hopping back into the diet. Physiologically, there doesn't seem to be much evidence that that is more beneficial if we're talking purely from a fat loss perspective. Now, for an overall body composition perspective, um, I would argue that it is advantageous because it will likely allow for more muscle gains or more retention, but I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here. So um, basically some things that we're still not sure about when it comes to diet breaks. First and foremost, the human studies rely on self-reporting. So basically, the participants were responsible for tracking and reporting their own macros and adherence, which leaves a lot of room for error. Next, we have to deal with these potentially much longer diet time frames. So for example, the Matador group that saw significantly better results also took twice as long as the continuous dieting group. Now, that said, I'd argue that the potential benefits of diet breaks and the fact that you'll be much more likely to maintain your results long term and actually make your end goal will probably make it well worth the extra time. But honestly, I think it very much depends on the individual, which again, we'll dive into this in a second. Um, and then finally, it's hard to get clear on what the physiological benefits could be. We know that your metabolism is essentially a product of how much you're eating, how much you weigh and how much you're moving. So that it's, so it seems that you will lose any metabolic benefits of a diet break as soon as you resume the diet. Now, the common thinking here is, as far as physio- physiological benefits of a diet break, it could be either A, a potential increase in thyroid, thyroid, thyroid hormone. Damn, that's hard to say. <laughs> thyroid, thi- fuck. Thyroid hormone. So thyroid does account for a large chunk of your basal metabolic rate. But it's unclear how much of an impact three to 14 days at maintenance could really have on thyroid thyroid hormone. Holy shit. Because it's thought that thyroid is more a product of your current body composition than your calorie intake. So the reality is it doesn't seem that it's this is like if there's a physiological benefit, it doesn't seem that that's it. It could be a potential increase in leptin, which is generally the consensus that's thrown out there. And we do have a study showing that overfeeding on carbohydrates resulted in a 7% increase in energy expenditure over 24 hours due to leptin increases. However, leptin seems to be mostly a product of calorie intake, and it drops super quickly when the diet resumes. So right now, and leptin is also very much a product of your body fat levels. So right now, it seems unlikely that leptin is responsible for any lasting metabolic benefits of a diet break. So the point of all this so far is like, we do have some research on diet breaks, but really, as far as physiological benefits go, there don't seem to be, if we're talking purely fat loss, there don't seem to be a ton of benefits again just from the physical perspective so let's dive into why most of my online clients still take diet breaks one it's easier to maintain or build muscle and glycogen stores are refilled more frequently so this is one benefit of diet breaks we're more clear on intermittent periods of eating at maintenance seem to make it easier to maintain your lean muscle the opportunity to eat more carbs also helps refill your muscle glycogen stores, allowing you to train more intensely. And both of these will in turn create a quote unquote faster metabolism. Basically, you're burning more calories through exercise because you can exercise more intensely. If your body weighs, if your body is heavier because you have more muscle mass on your frame, 
you're going to burn more calories at rest and moving. It won't be a massive difference, but it will equate to a slightly faster metabolism. Plus, I work with online clients who want to get lean and strong. Most people that I bring on don't just aren't just chasing fat loss they're chasing body a body composition shift they want to build muscle a body recomposition i should say they want to lose fat they also want to build muscle so the ability to build or maintain more lean muscle in the dieting process is essentially what takes you from what makes you lean and strong instead of just skinny we could say two it makes dieting psychologically easier for most and really improves adherence The most important factor of any diet is that it must be something you can stick to long term. Now, from my experience coaching hundreds of clients online and in person, continuously sticking to a diet for longer than 12 weeks is extremely challenging for most. And truly, I think this is the biggest benefit of diet breaks for most everyone. Past this point, adherence almost always gets gets worse. People's diets are usually on track three to five days out of the week at this point, and then off track for two to three days in the week. And this leads to this sad situation many of us know all too well, where you always feel like you're dieting, but you're never seeing progress. So this is why we're proactive with diet breaks. We'll insert a one to two week diet break when adherence starts to decrease, and it really helps future adherence dramatically. Okay, we're dieting hard for, again, six to 12 weeks, one to two week diet break right as you start to maybe experience a bit of burnout. Okay, you're refreshed. You're ready to get back to the diet. Whereas people get in this perpetual cycle of I had eight good weeks of dieting. And ever since then, I've had like four days on, three days off. And I've just been spinning my wheels for literally years. People do that shit. So even if the benefits of diet break do turn out of diet breaks, I should say, do turn out to be mostly physiological, like some argue. Does it really matter that much if there's physiological or psychological as long as they help you achieve the body composition you've been chasing in a sustainable way? And finally, I really like diet breaks because you need time to practice maintenance. Now, the goal of online coaching with me is to empower you with the knowledge and skills to be successful on your own in the future. Now, one of the best ways to do this is coaching clients through maintenance, not just a fat loss phase. So periods of practicing practicing maintenance allow you to learn new habits and behaviors around your food choices, training, daily movement, dietary flexibility, and what your entire lifestyle will need to look like to maintain this new leaner body. Practicing the ability to maintain is exactly what helps my clients keep their results and break this cycle of always trying to get leaner without ever actually getting there. So finally, before we wrap this up, let's just dive into some general guidelines on how to implement diet breaks. So from the research we have, plus tons of real world world experience with clients getting much better results taking diet breaks, here are my recommendations. As far as frequency goes, every six to 12 weeks is going to be best for most. The leaner you are, the more frequently generally it makes sense to take these as long as you don't have a specific deadline that you're pushing for as you're at a higher risk for muscle loss and your body has less fat stores to pull from for energy. Duration is generally going to be one to two weeks. As far as calories go, total calories should be returned to your estimated maintenance. And honestly, with the, um, again, our newer research, we could argue that it's okay for calorie intake to still be below maintenance. I would just argue that we need to be, we need calories to be high enough to where you don't constantly feel hungry because again with 
the thought process that this is mostly psychological benefits that you're chasing. If you're still constantly hungry on the diet break, you're not actually getting the benefits of the diet break. So we want to return calories somewhere between your current deficit and maintenance intake. Um, so how I would look at this, basically define your maintenance. Look at your average, average weekly weight lost over the last month. Now we know that, for example, to lose one pound of fat, you need to eat 3,500 calories less than you burn. So if you're averaging one pound loss per week, we know that you need to add back in 3,500 calories per week or 500 calories per day to be at estimated maintenance. So that gives you um, a range to work with. As far as macros go, protein should stay at around one to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight. Definitely don't decrease your current intake. We have some very limited evidence from there that it might be more beneficial to increase calories almost exclusively via carbs due to leptin's responsiveness to it. Now, leptin aside, increasing carbs to refill glycogen stores is smart. And that's honestly, I've gotten a lot further away from the leptin argument because it doesn't seem to make that much difference as soon as you get back to the diet. But having refilled muscle glycogen stores, no matter what we know, will be very beneficial. Um, so it's likely most optimal to increase calories to maintenance almost exclusively via carbs, keeping protein and fat very similar to where they were on the diet, unless this is going to create adherence issues. So if you have a client that's really been missing, like, hey, I want to work in like a couple fattier foods, or if absolutely if the client's fats have been below like that 0.3 grams per pound of body weight threshold, we want to at least bump it up to that. From there, as far as food choices go, the biggest mistake people make is thinking that a diet break is a time to just constantly eat lots of calorie-dense foods. Now, this pretty quickly puts you over your calorie goal and isn't a realistic picture of how you need to eat long-term to sustain your results. So it's smart to stick mostly to the foods you normally eat, just in greater quantities. When you try to work in too many calorie-dense foods, you can easily eat more calories, but be less satiated than you were even on the diet. So as far as weight gain goes, you'll likely feel a bit fluffier and weigh a bit more. Your body is holding more water and your gut content has increased. Now, this doesn't mean that you gain fat back. If calories in equal calories out, which is the goal in a diet break, you won't gain fat. Now, also here, as far as weight gain goes, like sometimes clients typically, I'd say about 50% of the time, a client will gain one to two pounds. Again, your muscle glycogen stores are more, more full and you literally just have more food in your belly. So it's normal for you to weigh more. Other 50% of the time, clients will actually see what we call a whoosh effect where clients will literally drop like two to four pounds. Now what this is, dieting is a stress on the body. So cortisol levels increase across a diet in some individuals. And again, this is all very context dependent. So we can't say like <laughs> everyone's cortisol levels increase exactly the same, but generally dieting is a stress on the body. Um, some individuals, that means they're going to be retaining water. So when we take a diet break, in simplest terms, basically your body releases all this stress as it experiences this influx of calories and carbohydrates. We know carbs specifically have this inverse relationship with cortisol where we take in more carbs, cortisol levels decrease, and thus your body drops a lot of water that's been holding on. So sometimes you'll see very quick weight loss over the course of like the first week of a diet break. And then finally, as, more as, as far as mindset goes, realize that this isn't just a time where you eat whatever and don't track. This is a time to really think of as practicing maintenance, which again is a crucial skill to have mastered when you get as lean as you want. 
this is really what makes your results sustainable. So think of it as a time to practice all the behaviors that you need to have cemented by the time you get as lean as you want. So as far as diet breaks go, again, it is a bit up in the air what exactly the benefits of them are. Um, from the research we have, it really does seem that it's mostly psychological, but I would argue that for most everyone, and I've seen this over and over and over again with online clients, diet breaks are a key piece to allowing you to actually diet long enough to get as lean as you've always wanted. All right, guys, that is all I have for you today. Hope you found this helpful. Thank you for tuning in.